page six of the adventures of master f j by george gascoigne this LibriVox recording is in the public domain the moon was now at the full the skies clear and the weather temperate by reason whereof he might the more plainly and with the greater contentation behold his long desired joys and spreading his arms abroad to embrace his loving mistress he said oh my dear lady when shall i be able with any desert to countervail the least part of this your bountiful goodness the dame whether it were of fear indeed or that the wiliness of womanhood had taught her to cover her conceits with some fine dissimulation start back from the night and shrieking but softly said unto him alas servant what have i deserved that you come against me with naked sword as against an open enemy ferdinando perceiving her intent excused himself declaring that he brought the same for their defence and not to offend her in any wise the lady being therewith somewhat appeased they began with more comfortable gesture to expel the dread of the said late affright and sithens to become bolder of behaviour more familiar in speech and most kind in accomplishing of common comfort but why hold i so long discourse in describing the joys which for lack of like experience i cannot set out to the full note q one here inserts were it not that i know to whom i write i would the more beware what i write f j was a man and neither of us are senseless and therefore i should slander him over and besides a great obloquy to the whole genealogy of aeneas if i should imagine that of tender heart he would forbear to express her more tender limbs against the hard floor sufficed that of her courteous nature she was content to accept boards for a bed of down mats for cameric sheets and the nightgown of f j for a counterpoint to cover them and thus with calm content instead of quiet sleep they beguiled the night until the proudest star began to abandon the firmament when f j and his mistress were constrained also to abandon their delights and with ten thousand sweet kisses and straight embracings did frame themselves to play loath to depart End of note. well remedy there was none but dame eleanor must return unto her chamber and he must also convey as closely as might be into his chamber the which was hard to do the day being so far sprung and he having a large base court to pass over before he could recover his stair-foot door and though he were not much perceived yet the lady frances being no less desirous to see an issue of these enterprises than he was willing to cover them in secrecy laid watch and even at the entering of his chamber door perceived the point of his naked sword glistening under the skirt of his nightgown whereat she smiled and said to herself this gear goeth well about well ferdinando having now recovered his chamber he went to bed there let him sleep as his mistress did on the other side although the lady frances being thoroughly tickled now in all the veins 
could not enjoy such quiet rest but arising took another gentlewoman of the house with her and walked into the park to take the fresh air of the morning they had not long walked there but they returned and though ferdinando hieronymi had not yet slept sufficiently for one which had so far travailed in the night past yet they went in to his chamber to raise him and coming to his bedside found him fast asleep alas quoth that other gentlewoman it were pity to awake him even so it were quoth dame francis but we will take away somewhat of his whereby he may perceive that we were here and looking about the chamber his naked sword presented itself to the hands of dame francis who took it with her and softly shutting his chamber door again went down the stairs and recovered her own lodging in good order and unperceived of anybody saving only that other gentlewoman which accompanied with her at the last ferdinando awaked and apparelling himself walked out also to take the air and being thoroughly recomforted as well with remembrance of his joys forepast as well with the pleasant harmony which the birds made on every side and the fragrant smell of the redolent flowers and blossoms which budded on every branch he did in these delights compile these verses following note q one here inserts the occasion as i have heard him rehearse was the encounter that he had with his lady by light of the moon and forasmuch as the moon in midst of their delights did vanish away or was overspread with a cloud thereupon he took the subject of his theme and thus it ensueth called a moonshine banquet End of note. dame cynthia herself that shines so bright and deigneth not to leave her lofty place but only then when phoebus shows his face which is her brother born and lends her light disdained not yet to do my lady right to prove that in such heavenly whites as she it fitteth best that right and reason be for when she spied my lady's golden rays into the clouds her head she shrouds and shame to shine where she her beams displays good reason yet that to my simple skill i should the name of cynthia adore by whose high help i might behold the more my lady's lovely looks at mine own will with deep content to gaze and gaze my fill of courtesy and not of dark disdain dame cynthia disclosed my lady plain she did but lend her light as for a light with friendly grace to show her face that else would show and shine in her despite dan phoebus he with many a lowering look had her beheld of yore in angry wise and when he could none other mean devise to stain her name this deep deceit he took to be the bait that best might hide his hook into her eyes his parching beams he cast to scorch their skins that gazed on her full fast whereby when many a man was sunburnt so they thought my queen the sun had been with scalding flames which brought them all that woe so that when many a look had looked so long 
as that their eyes were dim and dazzled both some fainting hearts that were both lewd and loath to look again from whence that error sprung gan close their eyes for fear of farther wrong and some again once drawn into the maze gan lewdly blame the beams of beauty's blaze but i with deep foresight did soon espy how phoebus meant by false intent to slander so her name with cruelty wherefore at better leisure thought i best to try the treason of his treachery and to exalt my lady's dignity when phoebus fled and drew him down to rest amid the waves that welter in the west i gan behold this lovely lady's face whereon dame nature spent her gifts of grace and found therein no parching heat at all but such bright hue as might renew an angel's joys in rain celestial the courteous moon that wished to do me good did shine to show my dame more perfectly but when she saw her passing jollity the moon for shame did blush as red as blood and shrunk aside and kept her horns in hood so that now when dame cynthia was gone i might enjoy my lady's looks alone yet honoured still the moon with true intent who taught us skill to work our will and gave us place till all the night was spent f j and now to return to my tale by that time that he returned out of the park it was dinner-time and at dinner they all met i mean both dame eleanor dame frances and ferdinando i leave to describe that the lady frances was gorgeously attired and set forth with very brave apparel and madame eleanor only in her nightgown girt to her with a coif trimmed a la piedmontesa on the which she wear a little cap crossed over the crown with two bands of yellow sarsnet or cypress in the midst whereof she had placed of her own handwriting in paper this word contented this attire pleased her then to use and could not have displeased mistress frances had she not been more privy to the cause than to the thing itself at least the lord of the castle of ignorance and dame frances of great temperance let it pass without offence at dinner because the one was pleased with all former reckonings and the other party privy to the account there passed no word of taunt or grudge but omnia bene after dinner dame eleanor being no less desirous to have ferdinando's company than dame frances was to take him in some pretty trip they began to question how they might best pass the day the lady eleanor seemed desirous to keep her chamber but mistress frances for another purpose seemed desirous to ride abroad thereby to take the open air they agreed to ride a mile or twain for solace and requested ferdinando to accompany them the which willingly granted each one parted from other to prepare themselves and now began the sport for when he was booted his horses saddled and he ready to ride he gan miss his rapier 
whereat all astonied he began to blame his man but blame whom he would found it could not be at last the ladies going towards the horseback called for him in the base court and demanded if he were ready to whom he answered madam i am more than ready and yet not so ready as i would be and immediately taking himself in trip he thought best to utter no more of his conceit but in haste more than good speed mounted his horse and coming towards the dames presented himself turning bounding and taking up his courser to the uttermost of his power in bravery after suffering his horse to breathe himself he gan to allay his own choler and to the dames he said fair ladies i am ready when it pleaseth you to ride where so you command how ready soever you be servant quod dame eleanor it seemeth your horse is readier at your command than at ours if he be at my command mistress quod he he shall be at yours gramercy good servant quod she but my meaning is that i fear he be too stirring for our company if he prove so mistress quod he i have here a soberer palfrey to serve you on the dames being mounted they rode forthwards by the space of a mile or very near and ferdinando whether it were of his horse's courage or his own collar came not so near them as they wished at last the lady frances said unto him master Hieronymi, you said that you had a sober horse which if it be so we would be glad of your company but i believe by your countenance your horse and you are agreed ferdinando alighting called his servant changed horses with him and overtaking the dames said to mistress frances and why do you think fair lady that my horse and i are agreed because by your countenance quod she it seemeth your patience is stirred in good faith quod he you have guessed aright but not with any of you then we care the less servant quod dame eleanor by my troth mistress quod he looking well about him that none might hear but they too it is with my servant who hath lost my sword out of my chamber dame eleanor little remembering the occasion replied it is no matter servant quod she you shall hear of it again i warrant you and presently we ride in god's peace and i trust shall have no need of it yet mistress quod he a weapon serveth both uses as well to defend as to offend now by my troth quod dame frances i have now my dream for i dreamt this night that i was in a pleasant meadow alone where i met with a tall gentleman apparelled in a nightgown of silk all embroidered about with a guard of naked swords and when he came towards me i seemed to be afraid of him but he recomforted me saying be not afraid fair lady for i use this garment only for mine own defence and in this sort went that warlike god mars what time he taught dame venus to make vulcan a hammer of the new fashion notwithstanding these comfortable words the fright of the dream awaked me and sithens unto this hour i have not slept at all and what time of the night dreamt you this quod ferdinando in the grey morning about dawning of the day but why ask you quod dame frances ferdinando with a great sigh answered 
because that dreams are to be marked more at some hour of the night than at some other why are you so cunning at the interpretation of dreams servant quoth the lady eleanor not very cunning mistress quoth he but guess like a young scholar the dames continued in these and like pleasant talks but hieronymy could not be merry as one that esteemed the preservation of his mistress honour no less than the obtaining of his own delights and yet to avoid further suspicion he repressed his passions as much as he could the lady eleanor more careless than considerative of her own case pricking forwards said softly to him i had thought you had received small cause servant to be thus dumpish when i would be merry alas dear mistress quoth he it is altogether for your sake that i am pensive dame frances of courtesy withdrew herself and gave them leave when as ferdinando declared unto his mistress that his sword was taken out of his chamber and that he dreaded much by the words of the lady frances that she had some understanding of the matter dame eleanor now calling to remembrance what had passed the same night at the first was abashed but immediately for these women be readily witted cheered her servant and willed him to commit unto her the salving of that sore thus they passed the rest of the way in pleasant talk with dame frances and so returned towards the castle where hieronymy suffered the two dames to go together and he alone unto his chamber to bewail his own misgovernment but dame eleanor whether it were according to old custom or by wily policy found mean that night that the sword was conveyed out of mistress frances chamber and brought unto hers and after re-delivery of it unto her servant she warned him to be more wary from that time forthwards afterward when he grew more bold and better acquainted with his mistress disposition he adventured one friday in the morning to go unto her chamber and thereupon wrote as followeth which he termed a friday's breakfast that selfsame day and of that day that hour when she doth reign that mocked vulcan the smith and thought it meet to harbour in her bower some gallant jest for her to dally with that blessed hour that blist and happy day i thought it meet with hasty steps to go unto the lodge wherein my lady lay to laugh for joy or else to weep for woe and lo my lady of her wonted grace first lent her lips to me as for a kiss and after that her body to embrace wherein dame nature wrought nothing amiss what followed next guess you that know the trade for in this sort my friday's feast i made f j many days passed these two lovers with great delight their affairs being no less politically governed than happily achieved and surely it should seem in sad earnest that he did not only love her but was furthermore so ravished in ecstasies with continual remembrance of his delights that he made an idol of her in his inward conceit so seemed it by this challenge to beauty which he wrote in his praise and upon her name beauty shut up thy shop and truss up all thy trash 
my knell hath stolen thy finest stuff and left thee in the lash thy market now is marred thy gains are gone god wot thou hast nowhere that may compare with this that i have got as for thy painted pale and wrinkles circlet up are dear enough for such as lust to drink of every cup thy body's bolstered out with bombast and with bags thy rolls thy ruffs thy calls thy quaffs thy jerkins and thy jags thy curling and thy cost thy frizzling and thy fair to court to court with all those toys and there set forth such wear before their hungry eyes that gaze on every jest and choose the cheapest chaffer still to please their fancy best but i whose steadfast eyes could never cast a glance with wandering look amid the press to take my choice by chance have won by due desert a peace that hath no peer and left the rest as refuse all to serve the market there there let him choose that list there catch the best who can a painted blazing bait may serve to choke a gazing man but i have slipped thy flower that freshest is of hue i have thy corn go sell thy chaff i list to seek no new the windows of mine eyes are glazed with such delight as each new face seems full of faults that blazeth in my sight and not without just cause i can compare her so lo here my glove i challenge him that can or dare say no let theseus come with club or paris brag with brand to prove how fair their helen was that scourged the grecian land let mighty mars himself come armed to the field and vaunt dame venus to defend with helmet spear and shield this hand that had good hap my helen to embrace shall have like luck to foil her foes and daunt them with disgrace and cause them to confess by verdict and by oath how far her lovely looks do stain the beauties of them both and that my helen is more fair than paris wife and doth deserve more famous praise than venus for her life which if i not perform my life then let me lease or else be bound in chains of change to beg for beauty's fees f j by this challenge i guess that either he was then in an ecstasy or else sure i am now in a lunacy for it is a proud challenge made to beauty herself and all her companions and imagining that beauty having a shop where she uttered her wares of all sundry sorts his lady had stolen the finest away leaving none behind her but painting bolstering forcing and such like the which in his rage he judgeth good enough to serve the court and thereupon grew a great quarrel when these verses were by the negligence of his mistress dispersed into sundry hands and so at last to the reading of a courtier well ferdinando had his desire if his mistress liked them but as bartello writeth she grew in jealousy that the same were not written by her 
because her name was Eleanor and not Helen. And about this point have been diverse and sundry opinions among the Venetians. For this and diverse other of his most notable poems have come to view of the world. And some have attributed this praise unto a Helen, who deserved not so well as this dame Eleanor should seem to deserve and yet never a barrel of good herring between them both but that other helen because she was saith bartolo of so base conditions as may deserve no manner commendation in any honest judgment therefore he thinketh that he would never bestow verse of so mean a subject and yet some of his acquaintance knowing also that he was sometimes acquainted with helen have stood in argument that it was written by Helen and not by Eleanor. Well, mine author affirmeth that it was written by this dame Eleanor, and that unto her he thus alleged that he took it all for one name, or at least he never read of any Eleanor such matter as might sound worthy like commendation for beauty. And indeed, considering all circumstances of histories, and comparing also the time that such reports do spread of his acquaintance with helen it cannot be written less than six or seven years before he knew helen marry peradventure if there were any acquaintance between him and that helen afterwards he might adapt it to her name and so make it serve both their turns as elder lovers have done before and still do and will do world without end well, by whom he wrote it I know not, and to return to the purpose, he sought more certainly to please his mistress Eleanor with this sonnet written in her praise as followeth. The stately dames of Rome their pearls did wear, about their necks to beautify their name, but she whom I do serve, her pearls doth bear, close in her mouth, and smiling show the same. No wonder then, though every word she speaks a jewel seem in judgment of the wise since that her sugared tongue the passage breaks between two rocks bedecked with pearls of price her hair of gold her front of ivory a bloody heart within so white a breast her teeth of pearl lips ruby crystal eye needs must i honour her above the rest since she is formed of none other mould but ruby crystal ivory pearl and gold ferdinando Hieronymi. of this sonnet were it not a little too much praise as the italians do most commonly offend in the superlative i could the more commend it but i hope the party to whom it was dedicated had rather it were much more than any thing less End of page 6